The CEOs of Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook sat for five and a half hours through a congressional hearing yesterday. We were right there along for the ride. Here's everything you need to know. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. We've got CNET senior reporter Ben Fox Rubin, who anchored our marathon coverage yesterday with the main story. How are you holding up, Ben? Tired. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, let's let's get right to it. Uh, bottom line, how do you think these executives fared on the hot seat? Uh, it was it was a very hot hot seat, especially for Sundar Pichai of Google, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, and Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. As has been typical in previous hearings, Apple, which was represented by CEO Tim Cook yesterday, more or less got a pass. I mean, toward the very end, he was starting to get more questions. But my my general view on this is that. Apple's main business is smartphones, and they are not a monopoly in smartphones, not by any stretch. Whereas Google, Facebook, and Amazon both have these incredibly dominant positions in their market. Well, so let's let's kind of dig into it. Like, it seemed like for once the Democrats and Republicans were all aligned, at least in the fact that they all were unleashing their fury on these executives. Now, they all had specific gripes and they were different gripes based on, you know, political differences. What just sort of break down what sort of the, if you can, the, the sort of general notion of like what each side was complaining about the most. Right. So the Democrats were quite uh, unified in that they were really hammering on antitrust issues. And as you said, the antitrust issues are very different from each company. And you could arguably have had different hearings for each one of these CEOs. So as a, for instance, with Amazon, they talked about counterfeits. They talked about mistreatment of smaller sellers. They talked about using private label products to harm smaller sellers on Amazon. We called it Amazon heroin because you just kept going and you had to get your next fix, your next check. But at the end of the day, you find out that this person who was seemingly benefiting you, making you feel good, was just ultimately going to be your downfall, end quote. Uh, with Google, it's really, you know, how they utilized acquisitions like DoubleClick to uh, dominate digital advertising. Uh, so those things were different. But Demo so, so essentially, Democrats really focused on those issues. What was interesting to see from the Republican side was that they also focused on antitrust issues and very clearly had a lot of concerns about antitrust. But at the same time, they were kind of talking from both sides of their mouth sometimes where there were plenty of Republicans that were also saying, look, we don't want to harm success. Big business doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. So... It was it was interesting to see them try to thread the needle where they were both complaining about antitrust, but also saying, look, we we're pro business, which everybody knows Republicans are generally that's their platform is to be pro business. Yeah, I, I also noticed that uh, one of the big themes from the Republicans was, uh, you know, looking into or digging into this notion that these companies have a bias against conservatives, right? And, the, you know, the video featuring hydroxychloroquine or touting its benefits as a cure for COVID-19, that was an issue that was brought up on a, on a couple of occasions. Yesterday, I was sent a YouTube video about doctors discussing hydrochloroquine and discussing the not dangers of children returning to school. And when I clicked on the link, it was taken down. And then I was sent a different link on YouTube and it was taken down. I just checked again just to make sure. And it says that this video has been removed for violating YouTube's community guidelines. 
how can doctors giving their opinion on a drug that they think is effective for the treatment of COVID-19 and doctors who think it's appropriate for children to return back to school violate YouTube's community guidelines? Uh, how did you think the, the executives fared when, when asked about that? So that seems to be a very big issue for Republicans. They couldn't stop talking about it, especially Jim Jordan. I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. Democrats in general view it as a red herring. Like, look, like this isn't really happening. And why are you why aren't you focusing on antitrust? Thank you, gentlemen. I'd like to uh, redirect your attention to antitrust law rather than fringe conspiracy theories. Uh, Mr. Bezos, our investigation. Mr. Chairman, uh, we have the email. There is no fringe. Me, it's not your time. Mr. Jordan, you do not have the time. Be, please but, be respectful but, but of your colleague. Someone directly she controls directly, the time. Directly. Put your mask on. You could look at it from the perspective of antitrust in that, let's say, Facebook or Twitter, which wasn't there yesterday, if they are being overly controlling of this you know, broader platform, then you know, certain voices, let's say conservative voices, are being suppressed. And you know, maybe their First Amendment rights, to a certain extent, are being hampered by this. Uh, but this seemed to be an issue where both sides really weren't in agreement with whether this was or weren't wasn't happening. From the perspective of the CEOs, they said all the right things as far as saying, like, look, we're we're unbiased, we're neutral. Sundar Pichai said that many, many times. To me, it seemed like the Republicans weren't really having it. That didn't really satisfy them. Uh, this is also an election year, so they're not going to drop it as an issue. They're going to keep talking about it regardless of what the CEOs say, even though they constantly mention over and over again, look, we're neutral. Look, this isn't happening. Um, we're, we're trying to do as much as we can. Mark Zuckerberg, another good example of somebody that's tried to make a lot of entreaties with conservative voices. And it hasn't really changed the criticism against Facebook and Zuckerberg. Right. And speaking of Zuckerberg, you know, he's had the most experience, uh, despite being the youngest executive on this panel. How do you think he fared? And, and you know, because there were a lot of difficult point questions. Um, and it seemed like at times he was really pressed against the wall. But what do you think? Those three, Google, Amazon and Facebook, all got hammered. Uh, by by congressional members, uh, Zuckerberg absolutely, but you could tell he was very experienced with this. He did not try to debate with them. He just tried to answer the questions as quickly as possible before he could get interrupted. I mean, this was his fourth congressional hearing, so he he wasn't trying to be combative. He was just trying to provide information as quickly as possible. And, and you know, but did he, he didn't come off well because none of them really did. I mean, it, it, you, you could be left walking away after five and a half hours. I was left walking away with being like, you know, these these are robber baron companies. They are severely harming capitalism and democracy. And it seems very clear that Congress is going to try to uh, restrain them through regulation or potentially breaking them up. I mean, like Representative David Cicilline, who chairs that subcommittee, said pretty much that. He said those words at the very end of the hearing. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to talk about Jeff Bezos because it seemed like, at least for the first two hours, like he was going to get let off scot-free. I mean, he even had time to, to grab a snack, which thankfully we grabbed as a GIF. Um, but then like two hours into it, the first question by the uh, representative Jayapal came in and like things got worse for him, right? 
Yeah, totally. There was a technical glitch on uh, the Amazon feed. It's still unclear who exactly was the cause of it or what exactly caused it. You're on mute. Mr. Bezos, I believe you're on mute. I'm sorry. I've seen. But yeah, for at least the first hour, he completely avoided getting any questions. And it was almost certainly because of this glitch. He was he was allowed to do his opening statement and then was largely ignored for the entire first round. When he was finally questioned, his inexperience in these hearings was extremely clear. He looked very shaky, nervous even, and he eventually regained his footing. But toward the end, he was asked about, uh, I, I think it was from Representative McBath, was asking him about stolen goods on Amazon. And he basically walked right into her trap. Mr. Bezos, are, are stolen goods sold on Amazon? Uh Congresswoman, not to my knowledge, although, I, you know, this, we're more, there are more than a million sellers. And so I'm sure that there have been stolen goods. Really, stolen Mr. Bezos? On Amazon. Really, Mr. Bezos? I'm sorry. I mean, he, he said he was trying to be, quote unquote, helpful. But ultimately, I felt like Sundar Pichai, who had done a hearing before, was, was much better at deflecting questions and making definitive statements which is which is exactly what these folks are trained to do. So I did not think I mean, like Jeff Bezos is presented as such a smart and and influential person. Um, some some of that was tarnished yesterday. He he, he didn't do horribly, but at best, I would give this guy a, a C plus. You would probably give him a lower rating. I would I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I was I was there for the the counterfeit bit, and uh, yeah, it, that. Clearly, he was struggling to answer the question. He did essentially commit to exactly what yeah. the he's admitting. Wanted. He's admitting during a congressional hearing. He's like, "Yes, stolen goods are stolen are are sold on Amazon. We know it's almost certainly happened because there are so many sellers now." We know that to be a fact, but it is incredibly damning for the CEO of the company to readily admit that in an open hearing. And right. again, Sundar Pichai was much better, I thought, at acknowledging the question than deflecting to talking points. It's unsatisfying for reporters to see that done, but that's how the game is largely played. Like these are not fact-finding missions; these are political point-scoring, uh, you know, practices. And it, Bezos. Did, did not do himself any favors with trying to actually answer the question. How did you think he responded to, or how how well did he respond to that, the comment about ha Amazon heroin describing the, the flow of money from Amazon to a retailer, uh, you know, basically calling a drug dealer? Right. G again, going back to Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, I think more than once did, you know, reject the premise of the questions outright. I think a lot of these CEOs did, but the one that did it more than anybody, from my view, was Jeff Bezos, again, presenting his inexperience in these types of situations. If this was Sundar Pichaya answering the question or Tim Cook, he would acknowledge it, maybe come off apologetic. I mean, like Sundar came off very sheepishly the whole time, but like Bezos was he, he was like, look, I'm very respectfully. I wouldn't agree with that characterization. I, I don't think it was the best way to answer that question. Um, it's just he could he could have done a better job with a lot of these. And I, I think he came off as being in certain cases unknowledgeable about his own company or admitting to things that he probably shouldn't have done publicly. And, you know, Congress has been mocked before for being unprepared and uninformed. Obviously, two years ago, Senator Orrin Hatch famously asked Zuck how Facebook makes money. Um, 
and you know that that's just sort of set off a round of jokes uh, and mockery on Congress. How do you think the House representatives fared this time around? Uh, so they definitely showed up with the receipts. They did a damn good job with really presenting their questions in a very pointed fashion. But to me, it felt more like an interrogation uh, where they already knew the answers to the questions that they were asking than a fact finding mission and trying to like actually try to round out the report that they're planning on doing. So if the idea was to tarnish these CEOs and show that these these guys are in fact running monopolies, I think they did a fantastic job in doing that. They did their research. This investigation has been going on for 13 months. Um, that that absolutely was was there. They were also really targeted other than the anti-conservative uh, a bias element, which which is a side issue uh, with antitrust, they they were pretty targeted with this. Uh, so so ultimately, I think that they they walked away getting what they what they wanted with this hearing. I would say they it was it was solid on their side. Yeah, I even noticed, uh, especially early on, um, I was a little frustrated when it seemed like some of these executives were about to give more thoughtful answers to the questions that were asked, and then immediately. Uh, one of the representatives would just cut them off and move on to the next point. And so, yeah, for sure. Like this was not a fact finding mission because if it were, we would have gotten more facts. Um, and it seemed like the conclusions were already made. So, yes. But the other side of the coin of that is that you could tell that they that in many cases, these CEOs were looking to filibuster time by just droning into their talking points, which were already included in their opening remarks. And, you know, so it's so it is understandable that they would want to interrupt and take their time back to really move on to more questioning. These were only like five minute rounds. Um, but, yeah, some more substantial questions were answered much later into the process. Once we got into like, I think it was the fourth round of questioning. Yeah, especially there were like much more fireworks and much more just like rapid fire attacking these CEOs in the early <laughs> the early multiple hours of this. Right. Now, so. Uh I mean, ultimately, what's what's next? What comes after this? So the big thing is the report. So this subcommittee is planning to release the this this big report sometime this year as the culmination of their 13 month investigation into antitrust issues. And as I said earlier, uh, Representative Cicilline basically gave up the the what what their plans are by ending with his closing argument saying some of these companies need to be broken up they all need to be regulated and held accountable so the expectation is is that this report is going to be quite damning after the report comes out we'll see what sort of regulation happens that's really going to have a lot to do with who ends up uh running the white house after uh, January, who, who wins the election? Because the Trump administration is very clearly pro-business. The Republicans are much more pro-business than the Democrats. So it's possible that if Joe Biden does end up winning the election, could Facebook get broken up? I don't know. But, it, you know, hey, I've, I've said it on this podcast before. It's now way more likely now than it ever was before. So there, there's a lot more shoes to drop on this. Gotcha. And just lastly, you know, as, a tech, as a tech reporters, we grouse even when covering a product launch that lasts more than an hour. You were sitting in basically the same spot for five and a half, nearly well, six hours if you consider the delay. How do you keep going through that? And just, just for our listeners, like, how does a reporter stay motivated, stay interested for such a, a long period of time? Yeah. I mean, like, look, this is what I live for, honestly. 
This is fascinating. It's fascinating. Now, granted, um, a lot of it was political point scoring. I get it. But the political machinations, the like the, the variability of these arguments about every single one of these companies, the fact that all of these CEOs who are four of the most powerful people in the world and two of the r- richest people in the world are really being called onto the carpet and really like getting hit pretty hard over and over and over again about their business practices. I mean, yeah, it was it was grueling. It was a lot to deal with, but it was it was um, you know intellectually very stimulating. I would say so. Even though it was five and a half hours and very stressful, um, it, it it was it was I I thought a really interesting practice to see. I wish it would happen more often. Well, you are a glutton for punishment, but we thank you as well as the rest of the CNET crew for hanging out for that entire stretch. If you have any questions about the hearing, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter, and you can check out all of our coverage today on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.